right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a Friday edition of Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live. I actually think this is episode 42. I did messed up when I put the number in, but it is episode 42. Adam Kimmelman from NHL.com, the NHL League, is going to join us in a moment. A lot to talk about. NHL at the halfway point, some interesting numbers, flyers, and much more. But let me tell you about Bet Parks because it is a fantastic casino and sportsbook app. It's right in the palm of your hand. You can carry it anywhere. My phone's got a magnetic thing on it. So this is what it is. It's right here. You know, you bring it everywhere you go. When you get your action in, if you're in PA or New Jersey, you open up the Bet Parks app and uh, check out the variety of ways that you can get your action in, whether it's same game parlays, live in game betting, player performances, futures, parlays, props, teasers, you name it. It's all there for you. Uh, you know, when you get into the playoffs for football, you've got passing yards, touchdowns, rushing yards, points scored, points allowed, all that great stuff. You're going to love it. So check it out. Take it from me. The Bet Parks app is everything you want in a mobile casino and sports book. And it's easy to sign up, fast to use, and faster to win than ever before. Yeah, use the promo code JASON750. New and existing users. That'll get you a risk-free bet up to 750 bones. So check it out. Terms and conditions do apply. Download the Bet Parks app today. You do need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And also Conquerville Subaru. Fantastic time this weekend. Good weather. Get down there. Take a test drive. Check out the Conquerville Subaru certified pre-owned inventory, the new Subaru vehicles on the lot, and grab one for a test drive. You're going to love it. Great work they do in the community still with a six year or eight years, rather, supporting Namor's Children's Hospital of Delaware, the 15 classrooms in Marcus Hook Elementary School, where they donate $500 for classroom supplies, and then, of course, the donation of thousands of coach to La Humanidad Hispania in Kennett Square. They've done that for 10 years as well. As great as it is, great dealership. It's also a great service department, free car wash with every visit. Check them out on the web, ConquervilleSubaru.com. Head down to the showroom on Route 202 in Glen Mills. And remember, Conquerville cares. Let's get to him right now. Yeah, you read his stuff on NHL.com. He is the deputy managing editor at NHL.com. Host of the Draft Class podcast. Follow him on Twitter at uh, NHL Adam K. It is Adam Kimmelman joining Stick to Hockey Live. What's up, Adam? I'm good, man. I'm just living the dream, enjoying the hockey world as it comes. And... uh Big games and big moments, night after night after night. Yeah, I'm, I was looking at the numbers that the league sent out uh, for NHL at the midpoint. It's been the highest scoring season uh, in 27 years at the midway point, 6.4 goals per game. And that rate, if it holds through the, you know, the final part, it's going to be a, a high-flying year. There's, I think, 12 placers on players on pace to get over 100 points. I mean, it's bananas, the amount of scoring that's in this league. What, what do you think it's from? Because they, they had a lot of things they wanted to do to increase scoring, including shrinking the goalie's equipment size. Well, I, I think that goes into it. I think part of it is the, the growth of the quote-unquote skills coaches. Mm -hmm. You know, guys who were – for so long we saw goalies with individual coaches, you know, that they would work with in-season, off-season just to improve their – you know, all their form and function and, and their positioning and how they attack shooters. Well, now that's sort of swung the other way where yeah. you've got, you know, the skills coaches, the flyers have one with Angelo Ricci, you know, Adam Oates is a very, you know, is a well-known skills coach who works with a lot of the top guys around the league that they focus on offensive production, where to go in the offensive zone, how to get into the right areas to be productive, how to disguise your shot. I know Austin Matthews has spent a lot of time working on that where, you know, he's not just, getting a shot, get, getting the puck and shooting it. He's thinking, where do I want to put it? How can I disguise it? Can I pull my hands in a little closer to my body, a little farther away, catch the puck on different parts of the blade, you know, look off the defender and shoot, look off the goalie and shoot. 
So, you know, it's not about picking corners anymore. There's some real thought that goes into how these guys try to disguise their release, how they try to disguise their shot. And that comes from having these skills coaches. So when you have these guys work elite offensive talented players working with skills coaches to get themselves even better, I think that's a big reason why you're seeing this influx in scoring where we've got, you know, 24 teams averaging more than three goals a game, you know, 15 teams up at three and a quarter goals a game. So it's just, it's teams, it's players being better at what they do at their high end skill plays. Yeah. It's more of a skill game than it's ever been. You're so right. And Matthews is a great example. I talk about him a lot. He's constantly changing his release, whether it's the toe of the blade, pulling it to his body to change the read for the goalie. I think another part of it, Adam might even be analytics because the, the, the no, you know, we can measure the quality of goal scoring chances now at a level that we never have before. So you almost go, you know, back in the day, it was grab the puck, rip and crash the net. Now it's okay. Let's get a quality chance here. Let's try and get the puck across the slot line uh, for a one-time chance to open the goalie up or, you know, those things. I think that the analytics of goal scoring have uh, certainly helped the potency of goal scoring. Well, again, that certainly all goes into it. Teams know that, as you said, it's not just get it and rip it and go. It's where are the soft spots? Where can we take advantage of either a goalie or where can we take advantage of a team defensively in their structure when we get the puck in the offensive zone? Are we more productive off the rush? Or are we more productive, you know, off the cycle? Are we more productive coming off the left wall? Are we more productive coming off the right wall? You know, where are our strengths and where are the other team's weaknesses? And that is where the analytics comes into play where you have guys, you have teams mapping out where the best, most productive areas to shoot from. And they, and they do it in other sports. They do it in basketball where, you know, where are the most, where are best opportunities to hit a jumper from? Is it from 15 feet? Is it from 18 feet? Is it from 22 feet? Well, now you're sort of seeing that in hockey. Is it, is our best opportunity below the hash marks, above the hash marks on the left side, on the right side. So I think teams are smarter and then you add in the the uptick in skill, and that's why you have the kind of scoring that you have. And the game's more fun when guys are scoring. You know, like, you, you go back to the 2000s and and when everybody's playing the trap and it was all counterattack and, and, and goal prevention, now the, the pendulum has swung to goals and not just getting a lead, but building a lead, taking that two-goal lead and turning it into a three-goal, four-goal lead rather than sitting back and defending it. And the game, it makes the game more entertaining. It makes the game more fun. Yeah, it's it's that notion, too, that something spectacular could happen at any time. And you see players, you know, like Zegers, who pulls off these unbelievably skilled moves. You know, you do worry about, and John Tortorella talked about this, Adam, you know, the players being so skilled, but not necessarily having, you know, the hockey IQ or feel of the game uh, like they did in the past. And matter of fact, he took all the iPads off the bench because his guys were coming off a, off the ice for a shift, burying their face in there, losing feel of what's happening in the game. What do you think of that decision? I think it's an interesting one. I do think it's interesting. You know, it, it's become, you, you know, part of, of, of the color of the game. You know, you look on the bench, guys come off and they're kind of huddled around the iPad. They're watching their shift. They're watching to see, you know, what they could have done differently, where they could have gone differently with the puck, where the play was heading that, that either they saw or they didn't see. And, you know, I, I think it's like anything else. It's all moderation. You know, maybe he thought his players were, were too much into it. And in his way, you know, as, as you said, they were losing their touch, their feel for what's happening in the game at the moment. Is it helpful? I, I don't know. 
Like, you know, I'm not on the bench. I, I haven't talked to the players about whether they like it or don't like it. But, you know, if that's what he thinks needs to get this team going, you look at the way they've been scoring the last handful of games. It's certainly something working. Something's clicking. And if that's the case, it was taking the iPads away and getting guys more focused on having a natural feel for the game, then clearly it's working for his team. I don't know if it's going to work for every team, but, you know, that's how John wants to coach his team and that's how what he wants to do. So, you know, if, if it's successful, you don't argue with it. In the beginning of the year, they had such a hard time scoring. I mean, they were the lowest in the league at uh, the quarter pole of the season. Over the last 14, they've averaged 3.78 goals per game. Now, some of that's some, you know, pretty weak opponents when you look at maybe Arizona or San Jose or even Anaheim. Uh, but that you can't change your schedule. But also against teams like Washington, they, they put up goals against Carolina, albeit in a loss. Um, the goal scoring is coming now, de- despite the fact that they're devoid of talent. And I know Flyer fans are really scared that this team now is playing well. They're going to play themselves out of any position for an impact player in this draft. You follow the draft as close as anybody. I think the team's going to end up where their watermark is. I think what's going on right now, it's great. It's fun but it's not sustainable because of, you know, the, the, the talent disparity with the, the other top teams. And eventually over 82, you fall to where you belong. Um, when you look at this draft, how far can they drop to still get that impact player? Well, I think there are, it, it kind of depends on what you're, what you define as an impact player. You know, everybody's so focused on Connor Bedard and, and look, I was in Halifax at the world juniors and I got to see up close and personal, exactly what he's capable of doing and it dominant it's remarkable (laughs) right you you've you've run out of you run out of things to say you run out of adjectives to describe what he's been able to do it's something we haven't seen you know i I put him you know in the pro in the class of of an austin matthews and a connor mcdavid and a Sidney crosby as an undrafted you know as a guy in his draft year that's the potential that he has yeah generational type talent but he's not the only one who could be, you know, an impact type player. You look at a guy like Adam Fantilli, who played on that Canada team at the World Juniors, but just everybody got so eclipsed by what Bedard did that Fantilli had five points in seven games. He scored the winning goal against the U.S. in the semifinals. He had a really solid tournament in a role that he wasn't really used to playing. He's a number one center at University of Michigan. He's an 18-year-old freshman, and he's a top 10 scorer in the NCAA as an 18-year-old freshman, it really is is very rare. Guys don't go into that league, go into college hockey and dominate as an 18-year-old. So he's doing that. You know, you look at Leo Carlson from Sweden, Edward Chalet from the Czech from uh, Czechia from the Czech Republic. Um, you know, the Matt Vay Mitchkov from Russia, who unfortunately we haven't been able to see at the World Juniors because of you know situations out of all of our control and the Russian Hockey Federation suspension. But he's another guy with elite level talent. These are guys. So that's just five guys, right? There's more. You know, if you look on the U.S. list, you know, from the U.S. national team program, a guy like Will Smith, a guy like Ryan Leonard. These are impact level players. So you could conceivably fall. You know, you could look at the top fifteen, and you're yeah. going to get a really good player who's going to help your team in a, in a in a lot of different ways. It's a draft heavily geared towards forward which works in the Flyers' favor because of what they need as far as a impact skill player. So, you know, a, a, you know, we know this from, from being around the game. Players don't tank. Never. Teams 
will kind of focus on that, right? Teams, players want to win. That's all they worry about. They don't care about what their odds are in getting Connor Bedard or, or another top guy. So they're going to play and they're going to push and they're going to do everything they can to win as many of these games remaining as they have. And we'll let the chips fall where they may. So the yeah. players don't, it's not something the players think about or want to talk about. They just yeah. want to focus on winning. Yeah. As long as I say this all the time, as long as they plug in a scoreboard, they want to win. It doesn't matter if it's hockey, if it's ping pong or whatever it is. They're competitors, they're elite athletes. They have a huge competitive uh, edge in their life that, that that's how they're, that's their makeup. You know, you look at the Houston Texans last week, they were, they had the number one pick. <laughs> Those players are going, you know, me, losing a game for you to get the number one pick is not my job. And they went out and they scored that late touchdown. Lovey Smith goes for two and they find themselves out of the number one pick. It's crazy. Well, that well, that's the thing, right? Like yeah, that's you the wonder, of it. It, it's, it's probably more prevalent in the NFL because of the way their contracts are set up. But yep. how many of those guys are going to be in the, with that team next season? Yeah. They get the number one pick. Well, I'm unemployed or I'm with another franchise. It doesn't really help me any. What helps me is winning. Yeah. And that and putting again, good, and put good play on tape. Yeah. And, and that goes with any sport. It's like, I want to win. I want to show that I'm a winner. I want to prove that I'm a winning player. I don't care if the franchise gets the number one overall pick, if I'm not there. Yeah. So that, I, I think that that kind of crosses over all sports. TK, um, there's a push to send him to the all-star game. You used the hashtag NHL all-star and Travis Konechny's name for the fan vote. That's going to go until the 17th. Um, he's certainly worthy, Adam. I mean, the numbers are pretty eye-popping uh, so far this season. 46 points already. If that was over, say he played all 42 games, that's an an 82 or a 70, let me see, 74 points. Uh, he would have, per 82, 74 points. Uh, 104 pace, point pace based on the amount of games that he's played because he missed some. I mean, he's playing his best hockey. It's not even close. He's contributing on the PK in a huge way, power play, all situations, great condition. Um, he looks like he has gone to another level, even you know better than he did in that 1920 season where he scored 24 and 66 and went to the All-Star game. There is a maturity and an engagement level on a shift-to-shift and a game-to-game basis that you know I've been around Travis his entire seven-year NHL career. I remember watching him in the Ontario Hockey League. This is the most engaged I've ever seen him whether it's however John Tortorella is using him or whatever message the the organization has gotten through to him, it's worked. And Travis touched on it a little bit the other night after the Washington game that he spent some time with Danny Briere. They've looked at, you know, what Travis was and was not doing in the offensive zone. And he realized he had gotten away from being an, an inside player, meaning, you know, he's getting inside the hash marks. He's getting into the slot and he's, you know, creating space and time for himself where he can capitalize on the offensive opportunities. And you've seen it this year. He's not a guy standing, you know, in, in, above the circle and just blistering slap shots past people like an Alex Ovechkin or a, or a Steven Stamkos. That's not his game. He's got to get inside into the dirty areas of the ice and produce, you know, he's got to be there at the front of the net for opportunities. And as a little guy, a smaller guy, I should say, that can be difficult because you have to deal with the physical play that comes with it but he's shown in the past a willingness to do it. Maybe he got away from that a little bit the last two seasons, but he's certainly gotten back to it this year. And you go back and you watch the, the first goal he scored against Washington. He's standing in the middle of the slot 
kind yeah. of finds a quiet area. Faraby hits him, and and one timer. It's in the back of the net. Those are the kind of goals he has to score, and he's doing it a lot more. And he realized he was getting away from being in those areas. So I think there's a maturity in his game from that standpoint where he's able to understand more what he needs to do and how he needs to play to be successful. And it's not just – I think it's more than just these this 10-game point streak that people all are year. noticing. <laughs> it, it really has. It's really been all season long, and it's been impressive to watch because you knew the tools were always there. Yeah. And now he's finally gotten, from a hockey IQ standpoint, from a willingness standpoint – to go to where he has to go. And I think, you know, when you mentioned playing on the penalty kill, it's something that that he sees as a compliment and he sees that the coaching staff has trust in him. And then it becomes like a snowball rolling downhill. Yeah, He gets the trust, he gets the confidence, then he has a little success. So he gets a little more trust, a little more confidence. He has a little bit more success and it's just picking up steam. And, and now you're seeing where we're at, where we're talking about him going to the All-Star game. We're talking about having, you know, a 40-goal, 75 80 point season and i think he's just scratching the surface of what he's capable of doing yeah he's hitting his prime right at it right now and just heading into it with a great season and you know the thing about him he, he's only going back-to-back games without a point one time this season it's back in october it was the nashville san jose weekend games on saturday and sunday he was actually benched in that third period of the san jose game but that's the only time he's going back-to-back games without points it's it's been amazing. I think part of it too, Adam, is you know that Giroux's not here. I think the moment Giroux left, and it's not that he had anything against Giroux, but the vacuum happened in leadership. And I think he's a guy, he's always been a leader. You know this going back to his days in junior. He's always worn a letter. And I think that all of a sudden, some vacuum in leadership, he stepped into it, makes him more vested. I think off the ice, he's more mature with a kid and you know settled down and everything. I, I think all of that plays into his game. Well, he's 25 years old now, so he's not a kid technically anymore. I know he's part of that younger group. You know, he's considered part of that younger group of the Flyers, but he's in his seventh season. He's 25 years old. As you said, he's got a son now at home, so that changes people. And and I think that maturity and maybe that stability and, and a different focus off the ice has helped him on the ice. He's grown up. You know, he sees the, the Noah Cates and the Morgan Frost and, and, you know, Cam York and those guys need a little bit of guidance. They need to have that road to becoming NHL players kind of pay for them a little bit. And in the same way that Claude Giroux and Sean Couture did it for Travis Konechny, he now needs to do that or is taking the responsibility upon himself to do it for, you know, Cates and York and Farabee and Frost and kind of show them how to be successful, whether it's through actions or through words. So I I think it's been great to see, and you've seen that. To me, it's been a real big jump in maturity, and I think that's what really led to the big jump in statistical output, the goals, the points, everything. Yeah, and just the overall play. It's the cycle of life of an NHL player. You need the help, then you're in a position to give the help, and then you're a sage veteran. It's the cycle of life. Last thing for you, Adam. Um, You know, Torch is such an interesting character. If you ask the wrong question, you may not get a great answer. You may get a little uh, berated at times. When Sam asked about Gretzky and Ovechkin the other day, uh, Torch said, Sam asked me about my team. What's it been like covering Torch? Last thing for you out the door. Um, it's challenging and, and, (laughs) Um, you know, and, and in, in the best, in, in a good way, I think, you know, like, you know, you want the players to be at their best. And to me, that carries over to the media. Like if I ask a good question, I would hope I would get a good answer. If I don't ask a good question, 
I think it's well within the rights of the coach or the player to say, hey, that's you're, you're off the mark. I got to ask a better question. I have to do my job better. And that's the challenge that he poses on a daily basis. And, and you know, we don't always like to be challenged in the media. We don't always like to be, you know, have our knowledge base questioned. So I don't I don't mind it. So if he wants to, you know, have that sort of reaction to a question I ask, and, and I've gotten it when they went back to Columbus in, gosh, I guess it was November. He didn't like a question that I asked, and he had no hesitation to tell me that I was entering into uh, what he would consider a no-fly zone. Yeah. And, I, and, that, and that's fine. If that's how he wants to handle things, that's how he wants to handle things. That's fine. He he is in well within his rights to say, hey, that's not a good question. Come up with something better. Yeah. And I don't mind that challenge. And at times, I think he's been really transparent too, and given a lot. Sure, he, he's an on he's an honest, honest. guy, and and sometimes that honesty can be uncomfortable. And whether you are a player or whether you are in the media, it's just something you have to get used to and deal with when you're dealing with someone like John Tortorella. And I'll tell you what, from from my standpoint, from the media standpoint, he is exactly what you want. He, you want a guy who's honest, who's going to give you interesting answers, might not be the most politically correct answer, but you want a guy who's going to give you interesting stuff to work with. And, and, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, there is no gray area with John Tortorella. He will always tell you how he feels. No doubt. I think he's educating sometimes as well to not just the players, but to fans as well. Uh, give Adam a follow on Twitter. Make sure you do so at NHL Adam K. Deputy managing managing editor at NHL.com and the draft class podcast podcast going well. Absolutely. We got a good one coming up. Uh, we had Jason Bukala from Sportsnet on uh, nice. our most recent episode talking about the world juniors and Connor Bedard. And, and he, it was really interesting. He compared Connor Bedard in a way that I never really would have seen. So I don't want to give it away. I want people to kind of go, go Ooh. listen to it. And uh, we have another special episode coming up later on today. NHL Central Scouting is going to release its midterm rankings. So we're going to we're going to have something on that coming up here. So stay tuned. It's available anywhere you want your podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, the NHL, NHL draft class. It's free and uh, free to download, free, free to subscribe. You're doing great work, Adam. Thank you. Thank you, Angelo. <laughs> I appreciate it. Be well, Adam. Thank you, man. All right. Anytime, Jason. There he is, Adam Kinwoman from uh, NHL.com. Um, I love talking to him. Uh, talked to him quite a bit at games. We had dinner the other night, and uh, he's a great guy and and covers the game so well. Um, I think it's so interesting what he had to say about torts because, you know, I feel like I've learned a lot from torts already too, just in the simplest of terms. He breaks things down into their simplest of terms sometimes, and maybe that's the way that he, you need to communicate with today's athlete, or at least he needs to communicate with today's athlete. He said on a, uh, the other day when he was doing a media availability, he wasn't sure when things changed and how you had to handle the athletes of today. And, you know, where you have to show them, not tell them, and you show them video and you teach, and it's a lot different and realize that you can't treat everybody the same. There was a time in sport where a coach was, you know, you were just a another guy on the team, no matter who you were, and you got berated and pushed and all that. But that doesn't necessarily work anymore. And when did that change is the big question. And I think that changed um, about 18, 20 years ago. I think it was the lockout that changed it in hockey, 
where the PA became incredibly bonded. That was part of it. Um, guaranteed contract salary cap and the inability to move players. So the players know they have more standing because you see it now in hockey all over. I think since then, the t- average tenure of coaches has shrunk because it's easier to change a coach than it is to change a player because you have a salary cap and you have a guaranteed contract. So it's a lot different. And I think that that's when it changed. Um, but it, it's really interesting uh, to, to hear Torts and to kind of see his interactions with the media. I don't ask questions in the press conferences. That's not my my sp- my time to do that. I'm on the air anyway, for the most part. Uh, but in our meetings, our broadcast meetings that we have with Torts before games, uh, we'll meet with them. It's, you know, myself, Jim Jackson, Tim Saunders, uh, Keith Jones, or Brian Boucher, whoever's doing the game with, with JJ on NBC Sports Philly. And we have these discussions and uh, you always come away with an interesting element or mindset or something. So uh, I think he's been a fascinating guy to car- to, co- to cover and kind of interact with. And I found him to be, you know, when he's out of hockey mode for a second, you know, not in front of the media asking questions or just kind of in the building and just, you know, talk to him to say hello. A very chill dude. I think people might find that strange, but he's a very laid back guy. And um, I, I enjoy talking to him. So um, anyway, uh, Flyers will be back tomorrow. The second half of the home and home. They'll be in D.C. to take on the Caps. Um, they're coming off that 5-3 win. You know, one of the elements, too, was that, you know, the Flyers haven't beaten any good teams. You know, the Caps were a team that won seven straight or 12-3-3. and three. Since December 1st, heading into that game, they beat a good team on that night, went toe-to-toe with them. And again, I think that this thing, all said and done, 82 games a long season, there's ebbs and flows, even for teams that don't have the same talent level as, you know, the top half of the league. And they're in one of those good periods right now. I think it all balances out. 82 games is a lot of games. They got 40, what, 40 games to go. They're one game into the second half of this season. Um you know, the progression that they've made in this first half from a team standpoint, I think has been pretty good structural standpoint and identity. And, you know, Torch uses that word standard. I think that that foundational blocks, there's a good foundation that's begun there. It needs to continue. Um, and then I think for individual players, we're seeing a lot of that as well. I think we're seeing guys, you know, take steps. Now the key is they've taken steps forward, not to take steps backwards because there's still a lot of runway left here. There's still 40 games left. And whether it's a player that's done it over the last 10 or 12 games and elevated his game, or whether it's a player that's done it for now 22 games, they got to keep, you know, growing their game and moving it in the right direction. And there's still a lot of room for it to go the other way. There's a lot of room for it to get better. And there's a lot of room for it to go the other way too. So um, still a lot of evaluation going on with this team. And they'll be back at it coming up on uh, tomorrow night against Washington. And then Monday, uh, for Martin Luther King Day, it doesn't get very easy because the Boston Bruins, uh, they'll be at TD Garden to take on the Bruins. And boy, they are an absolute wagon. The Bruins right now at the midway point have a record through 41 games of 32-5-4. and four. Jesus, 68 points. They're nine points up on the Leafs in that division, and they've played two less games. They've w- lost one game in regulation at home. One game. Jim Montgomery's gone in there. He's the obvious Jack Adams winner at the halfway point. Uh, I didn't think the Bruins would be that good this year. I thought maybe they would drop off. They were aging. I mean, Pasternak's not old. He's great, but he's in a contract year. 
you know, Marshan came in banged up. Bergeron was thinking about retirement. Uh, McAvoy didn't start the season. They bring in Hampus. Lindholm has been a huge get for them. They turn over their goalie duties to, to Olmark and Swayman, and they've just been unreal. That's been the best team. I mean, they're on pace to tie that 95-96 Red Wings team for wins. And the, uh, what was it, the 18 or 17-18 or 18-19 Tampa Bay Lightning team that won 62 games. I mean, you're seeing something special with that team. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. And the Flyers will see them coming up on Monday. It's a back-to-back Monday and Tuesday. Uh, they'll be back home. I think it's Tuesday to take on, I want to say, Anaheim, yes, who's not very good. And then Chicago, who's not very good. Although Chicago got a win last night. You know, this is this this is the NHL. Chicago last night. Check this out. I want to see what the shots were in this game last night for, for Chicago. So they played uh, last night. The Chicago Blackhawks, where is it at? Against the Avalanche, who are not currently in a playoff spot. The Avalanche won the cup last year. You tell me that Nazem Kadri meant that much in the game. Eh, they actually only got outshot by three shots, 33-30. They didn't goalie them, but they win 3-2 to two in the game. They get a, a goal in the third period by Radish, and they, they end up winning that game 3-2 to two over Colorado. Look for Colorado to be looking for a center. I know a lot of people talking about trading Kevin Hayes if you retain some money. Does that make sense? Retain two and a half, send them to Colorado. Colorado's got to do something sooner rather than later here because their situation in the standings is not great. They're chasing it right now. It's very rare that a team wins the cup and then doesn't go back to the playoffs, especially with all that talent. 40 games, they got 43 points. They're four points back of the playoff spot. Now they have three games in hand on Edmonton and games in hand on everybody. They've played less than everybody in the division, in the conference even. So we'll see how it plays out. Um, so, Great Friday edition of Bet Parks Presents TikTok Live. By the way, Monday's edition, Charlie O'Connor from The Athletic is going to join us. We're going to be on a little earlier on Monday. I think we're doing 11 a.m. on Monday because the Flyers have that 1 o'clock game against the uh, uh, against Boston. So Charlie O'Connor from The Athletic will be our guest on Monday's edition of Bet Parks Presents TikTok Live. So do yourself a favor. Grab the Bet Parks app for this weekend. you got great football action. Divisional round, it's going to be fantastic. Game Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, – so many ways to get your action in on it, whether it's same game parlays, player performances, live in game betting, straight bets, you name it. You can combine stuff. Um, check out the Bet Parks app. Easy to navigate, easy to use, faster to win than ever before. And take it from me, the Bet Parks app's everything you've wanted in a mobile casino and sports book, and it's right in the palm of your hand. They go travel with you. If you're in PA or New Jersey, you are set. Um, so get the Bet Parks app today. Uh, you need to be over 21, present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And visit Conquerville Subaru. This is a great time to get down to Conquerville Subaru because it's uh, good weather and a great time to take a test drive. New cars on the lot, take one for a spin, certified pre-owned inventory, great people there, and they will treat you well. The, the work that they continue to do in the community is unparalleled. They're the Subaru Nation Love Promise Dealer, the uh, year winner, the inaugural one back in 2015. Still supporting the New York Children's Hospital of Delaware. Still supporting the Marcus Hook Elementary School. Still supporting La Humanidad Hispania in Kennett Square with the co-drive and much more. So check it out. Check out the service department. Get a free car wash with every visit. Good people. Great great cars. So get down to Conquerville Subaru on Route 202 in Glen Mills. Visit their website at ConquervilleSubaru.com. And remember, Conquerville cares. Everybody, thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for watching. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your hockey. And we shall talk to you coming up Monday on a brand new Bet Parks Presents Stick to Hockey Live.
Come my name through 